This is another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. Today, we are talking in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. We were just talking about the title. Right. Is is, is Derek Delgadio's officially part of the title it seems to be according to imdb yeah looks like they've they've decided to to cash in on the just sweeping celebrity of derek delgadio uh had you had you heard of derek delgadio before this no i had not uh um, me neither yeah which i think that's like why i think it's a funny idea it's like, <laughs> right right why do we need to put his name you were joking in the title uh but here we go here's the synopsis storyteller and conceptual magician Derek Delgadio attempts to understand the illusory nature of identity and answer the deceptively simple question, who am I? Deceptively simple. Um, Mm. Directed by Frank Oz. Yes. Who who is the voice of Yoda. And Miss Piggy. Oh, and Miss Piggy. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so I should uh, directed by Miss Piggy then. Yes, let's, let's let's think of it that way. Yes, if you think of <laughs> <laughs> just waiting in the wings, ready to karate chop anybody who steps out of line. So yeah, I'd never heard of Derek Delgadio. Um, I don't. I didn't really know a lot about this movie at all. Um, I think you kind of just out of nowhere messaged me, and you were like, "Hey, I saw this interesting movie." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I don't remember exactly what you told me, but something like, you know, it's this guy's a magician and he did this kind of show. It's, you know, it's an interesting show. And then I, I did watch the trailer, but if you've seen the trailer, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's in, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's incomprehensible <laughs> what, yeah, what it's yeah. claiming to be, right? Um. So I think because I love mystery and I love things that are a little strange and confusing, I was pretty psyched for it. I didn't know what I was going to see, yeah. but I was just, I was just sure this was going to be interesting. Um, what about you? What were your, what got you actually interested in seeing this in the first place? Was it just on a whim or did someone recommend it or what? Uh, I honestly don't remember what the first thing that prompted me to seek it out was. Uh, I think it was probably something on Twitter, just like a random mm. person that I follow was like, this show is very good or like this mm-hmm. movie is very good because it obviously uh, was a live performance bef- you know, before it was a movie. Um, yep. And so just randomly uh, late last year in 2020, it was playing the New York City documentary festival like doc fest Mm. or something like that and just that night randomly uh i see this tweet and then it's like oh it's yeah it's one of the films that's playing at the film festival and actually tonight is the first night that you can watch it and you can like buy a ticket you know Mm -hmm. virtually for this festival and i was like seems fun seems like a fun way to spend 90 minutes you know like and so uh, I just did that. I just like all of a sudden I'm on the New York 
City Dock Festival website buying tickets to this thing and like just saying, I guess, I guess this is what I'm doing tonight. Right. And well, so, nice. and so, um, and then, then learned after having watched it, I was like, oh, it's not even going to be out for like the rest of the world to see until, until 2021. So now here we are finally. Yeah. And it was produced by Stephen Colbert too, I believe. Yes. Um, which I, I didn't know really going in, but I did see a clip after seeing the movie of Stephen Colbert um, interviewing Derek Delgadio and just talking about how amazing he thought it was. So um, I could easily have seen that, you know, clip beforehand and thought, oh, Stephen Colbert says this is great. <laughs> that probably would have nudged me towards watching it as well. Um, but what did you, I mean, so neither of us really knew what we were getting into, clearly. What were your... What was your first impression after seeing this? So what'd you think from an expectations perspective, I had virtually none. Right. right? Um, what, what I, as a general premise, not for this movie particularly, but when it's like, this is a magic show, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that that's what this is per se, but it's like, but just the premise of like, he is a magician and there Mm -hmm. are illusions I was like, right. yes, yes, I like that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah I just yeah. generally like being uh, sort of dumbfounded by what I'm mm-hmm. seeing, right? I was like, I mm-hmm. do not understand how that, is, how that was done or how it is yeah. possible. And it's like just a great feeling to me, right? It's like yeah. this, yeah. Um, you know, we, we reference this all the time, but you know, the quote from a serious man where he says, embrace the mystery, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. sort of like a great, I think that's one of the underlying sort of themes of like this podcast is like, we like doing that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, it's just one of those things where I love that feeling. And so that's what I wanted. I was like, I just want to feel like confused and awed by something. Mm -hmm. So let's see, can we do it? Um, and, uh, I definitely got that not in all the yeah. ways that I expected to. Right. But I definitely sure. had exactly that feeling that I was hoping for. Nice. Yeah, I did too. Um, I think I will say, I don't know if we even really want to talk about it much in this because a, it could ruin the mystery, but B, I could also be dead wrong. Um, but I think some of the most, let's call it impressive feats that Mm -hmm. he pulls off in this act, I tend to suspect I have an idea how he did them, Mm -hmm. but it's the, it's the lesser, um, spectacular ones. It's the less spectacular ones that I, that I personally was most intrigued by. Um, so, uh. But I think that's generally the case with me with magicians. It's almost like sometimes magicians do things that are really over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think I feel like when we were kids, I don't remember how old I was, but didn't David Copperfield have something where he like made the Statue of Liberty disappear or yes. something like that? Yes. And you're like, OK, well, I don't really think that was a sleight of hand trick. I think that was, you know, some something involving lots of like it was probably very expensive to right. do whatever he did there. Right. Um, so it's probably like technology played a big part, but you it's know? also like, um, I didn't believe it. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of like, right. it's not like if we drive, drive up to New York city tonight, like we're going to be like, Oh wow, it's really gone. 
Right. You know what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. this is for <laughs> he TV. He really did that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it tends to be those more like intimate things like close up, you know, um, and there's some, and there's some, there's some stuff in this movie where he's just showing you, you know, tricks with cards basically. Yeah, yeah. And those, those things I tend to be a huge fan of. Yeah. Oh, me too. Um, when I, I like, it's funny, this was 20 years ago, but I remember being a, a kid in school and seeing, um, a close up magician and he did a trick that I'm sure any like magician who's listening to this, cause we have so many magician listeners, um, <laughs> would tell you that this is like an old, like obvious trick or whatever. But like, uh, but for me it was magical where he had a playing card and he took a hole puncher and he punched a mm-hmm. hole in the playing card. And like, I could clearly see, you know, like through the playing card. Yeah. Now, right. And then he took his fingers and then on each side of the hole, he placed like his thumb and forefinger And then he just Mm -hmm. dragged his fingers off the card and the hole was gone. Right. Right. And it was just sort of like, I have no idea how you (laughs) did that. I'm, you know, and like I could, I could make some guesses. Right. But it's sort of like, but just in that moment, the feeling of just utter childish wonder magic is, is so intoxicating um, because you do not know what you just saw. Like your eyes told you, your eyes are telling you what you saw, but your brain doesn't like, believe it right yeah and that disconnect is really really fun um and i think in some ways you know that's representative of how i felt not just about you know the illusions and the performance but i also felt that way like about uh the film itself where it's sort of like i don't know what i just saw right yeah like if you ask me to articulate uh what i felt or what he is saying, or what this thing is about, right? Like, I actually was sort of delighted that I couldn't just get right to it, right? Yeah, uh, I had yeah. to like, even as I unpacked it, it be- it was still difficult, and I and I liked that feeling. I think that was precisely what the movie was trying to do. So I had like the sense of wonder, in, like multiple ways, and so that was mm-hmm. one of the things that, um, you know, just to sort of reemphasize my initial point. Uh, it wasn't just uh, the illusion part that that did it for me, but it was probably some more meta stuff as well. Yeah, same. I really appreciated how, I, you know, he, he's clearly a very gifted magician or, or you know, illusionist or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I think normally, even, even the most famous, like I think in my mind, David Blaine is probably one of, if not the most famous of, mm-hmm. you know, the magicians. But... Um, just, just because of like specials I've seen of his. And he, um, I think always is, he, he always kind of has this, uh, persona or this tone he's trying to strike of just otherworldliness, yeah. you know, and, and, and definitely is trying to, to fill people with wonder, but normally the most famous magicians I can think of, they're not, they didn't really have like a message beyond, uh, beyond just that, just trying to like mm-hmm. fill people with wonder. And I, and I really appreciated how in this, um, at, in this performance, in this show, he's using magic, but he's also, um, he's trying to explore some really interesting ideas. Right. And, but, but he's doing it in, in the way a magician does it, you know, like right. trying to get you to question things and, and trying to do things without you even really realizing they're being done. Yeah. Right. Um, 
but like not all just in the literal sense that a, that a magician does, but in terms of how, like the story he's presenting or the ideas he's presenting, he's trying to do it with those as well. And I just thought that was great. I, I, it's, uh, I, I, I recommended this to, you know, the people I work with today, just kind of apropos of nothing. I was just like, you guys should check this out. I think it's great. Yeah. Everybody should see this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it sounds like we both came in not really having any idea what to expect, but both were super, super into it. Big fans. Yeah. Um, let's get into, I guess, you know, the themes of the film, uh, if you can call it a film. I mean, it is. Uh, what do you think? What, what's, what's number one for you? Uh, it just has to be, for me, you cannot, the, the irreducibility of a person mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um there's a lot of uh effort i think generally in the world to bucket people into groups or categories or definitions and this movie strives like over and over and over again to destroy that and have it be mm-hmm. not something that you can do right right um for for a variety of reasons uh but and so to me that's like the th- the thing that um the that the film is trying to be about although as i'm saying that sentence i'm like i'm sure the film would buck at the idea that it is one thing that's sort of fundamentally <laughs> what it is trying to say sure it is not i mean and also it's like the name of the movie is in and of itself Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not anything else. It's not some other thing you can point to. Yeah. It's just itself. Yeah. I mean, um, I think this, the, probably the most recurring thought in it has to do with, I mean, he opens it with a story, right. Mm -hmm. About a person, um, and the story really centers around it really centers on how this person is perceived mm-hmm. by others and how that then defines them. Um, and in particular, how when someone who doesn't perceive them that way, when they encounter someone who perceives them different from everybody else, how that undermines the way that that person has been defined. Yeah. I'm talking very vaguely cause we're, I, I think we generally try not to spoil the movie until we get into like past the halfway mark. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, even though it's at the beginning, I feel like to tell the story would be to spoil a part of it. Yeah. I agree. Um, but, uh, but then, yeah, that, that sort of sets the stage. And I think it keeps repeating the notion of how we're perceived versus who we really are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, what I like, I, I do want to add one other thing and we can get, I, I'll do it without getting specific, but I think in addition to how we're perceived versus who we really are, um, there's also this element that I find very fascinating of, of who we are being a combination of things that are true and things that are imagined. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he, he, he talks about it a bit. There's one very particular kind of tangible like symbol he uses for that in the, in the, in the show. Um, but I, I think that's 
that resonated for me quite a bit. Um, in this, in this sense, and I don't know if this is really, I don't think this fully encapsulates the message he was trying to share, but you know, the idea that there's, there is the sort of observable reality of just things that are true. And then there's things that are, um, inherently made up, but still no less true. So, you know, like, I think that's, there's, there's many applications of that. There's like the fact that to a certain extent you get to decide, right. Who, who you want to be or what you want to bring mm -hmm. in, in your life to the world. And it's, it's not based on something that, you know, people can see about you. It's just, you just make it up. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's no less true. The fact that the fact that it's made up doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that it, that it manifests in the real world. And, and similarly, the way you see yourself mm -hmm. to a degree, um, you know, you could choose to be X or you could choose to be Y. It's not based in reality. It's based in how you want to think about yourself. Right. And, um, so anyway, I, 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 I think that's a big theme too. the, the, the idea that who we are isn't just like a fact it's, it's a combination of fact and fantasy. Yeah. And imposed and self-created, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I think, I think on top of all that, um, something I really liked, and this will be the last thing <laughs> I, I keep saying things that I can't really get specific about until we get into spoilers. Um, but I feel like it also acknowledges that, you know, when you make this dichotomy or this distinction between like how you're perceived versus how you really are, it's sort of the natural way of thinking about that is people see, you know, this facade, but that's not the real me. This is the real me. Mm -hmm. But I think in, I think the show sort of makes the point that it's, it's all of the above. Right. Right. Like, like, you're not just who you think you are, nor are you just what other people think you are. Mm -hmm. You know, th they actually are right. And you are also right. You mm -hmm. know, um, as a, as opposed to, I don't think it's as simple as, you know, the world has this incomplete picture of you and only you have the full picture. It's actually like no one has the full picture. Right. Right. Like you have probably a bigger piece of the picture than anyone else, but other people have pieces that you don't have. Right. Um, which I found really interesting and we can get into why I think the film makes that point, uh, later, yeah. but these are all very interesting themes. I mean, I think the synopsis pretty much sp spins all that up into just identity and right. Like it says this deceptively simple question, who am I? Right. Uh, so really I'm just, I guess my, that's my long winded way of repeating the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with whoever wrote this copy on yeah. this page. Those are all the those are all the themes, I think. Anything else from your end? No, I I love I mean, I think without getting into the details of the individual sections of the of the performance, it, you know, um I think the we've covered the two sort of high-level things that permeate throughout. Yeah, so let's get into it then. Let's get into uh next up we go with best parts of the movie, right? Mm -hmm. And here's where and here's where we're now happy to start spoiling. Yeah, things. we're, we're going to spoil away because any real conversation about this movie requires that you talk about the details. I think. It's true. Auga. That's the spoiler s sound. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you want to go? I just did a lot of talking. You want to go first? What's one of the best parts for you? Well, um, I think uh, I, I quite liked basically the entire film. <laughs> so I'm going to attri- <laughs> the I'm gonna, best part was from the start to like about the 90 minute yeah, mark. So I'm going to not. I'm going to try to not list like literally every single thing. But mm-hmm. um, there's a bit that is like a deeply emotional section that at, at the same time. I was also wondering, like, I have no idea how he did this. Mm -hmm. And it was like, but there was still like this kernel of mystery at the heart of it. And so the part I'm talking about is where he uh, grabs some pieces of mail out of Mm -hmm. like a mail sorting section and gets a person to come to the front of the stage and read the contents of a letter that he is holding in his hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, and the way the movie portrays it, these letters turn out to be these deeply personal messages yeah. to that particular individual from somebody in their life that is very important or meaningful to them. And, so you get to watch this because the person is shocked, right? Every single time the person's like, I have no idea. Yeah. I had no idea that I should expect this experience that I'm going to be reading this right. personal letter in front of a crowd. Yeah. And, uh, the, the money line is when one of the, so, so the movie plays, this has a montage, right? Cause they've filmed many, many, many performances. And so it's a different, there's many different people yep. who had this experience. But the woman sort of toward the end of the montage just looks at him with bewilderment. And she's like, I don't understand. Right. She's like deeply moved, but Mm -hmm. she also doesn't know how this could happen. Right. right? And he's, he responds like, I know. Right. Like, I know you, you, you're not going to understand. And so like, there's this beautiful, like triangle of sort of like confusion and off. Right. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the audience doesn't know what's in the letter. They don't know this person. They just know that the person's having an emotional experience. The person doesn't understand how it's possible that, like, this letter found it to them on this stage at this point in time, right? And then, like, Delgadio is, you know, he even describes it. He's like, he gets to see both things, right? He gets to see, Mm -hmm. like, the audience having this sort of, you know, emotional connection to something they do not understand and the reader of the letter having uh this sort of total bewilderment at something they in some ways they understand more intimately than anybody can because they're the reader of the letter but also they're still bewildered it's just sort of like this wonderful like everybody's in awe at this point in time it's the one it's one of the few times in the show where not even like delgadio totally knows what's going to happen and it's right. like, I love it for that reason. Um, so that's just one of the sections where I just found myself, like, if we're filling out the, sh- the geometry here, like, I'm a fourth point in this shape, right? Like, I'm just sort of, like, bowled over by the moment. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. there's more than one in the movie like that, but that's the one that's one of the ones that stands out to me. Yeah, one of the highlights. Totally. I, I think I want to... Um, 
for me, I, these are all, I agree with you. Like it's, it's pretty outstanding from start to finish. From my perspective, I was, I was hooked, you know, from the get go basically. Yeah. Um, but I'll just like elaborate on some of the things that I couldn't really get into detail about earlier. So, um, one of them is, uh, is, well, I think I mentioned like the story at the beginning. Yeah. Right. The with, Rulatista. With the Rulatista. And I think I, I loved the way that story ended, yeah. you know, because it's sort of building up where this guy is playing Russian roulette and, um, he becomes known for surviving these mm-hmm. increasingly, you know, improbable situations up to the point where he's loaded the chamber with six bullets. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna pull the trigger and then there's an earthquake. Right. Yeah. So it's like this guy is viewed as basically uh, like unkillable. Right. right? Um, uh, and then yet, you know, where his, where his life ultimately ends is when a burglar is in his house and this guy has no idea who he is. So yeah. he doesn't think of him as unkillable. So he shoots him right. and, and he dies. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, you know, I don't think there's any reason to believe there's any truth to this story, but it's right. like a very incredible story nonetheless, that kind of helps set the tone for the whole movie. And I, and I just loved, you know, um, I, I feel like it was like a super effective way to start. And the Mm -hmm. fact that he keeps coming back to that, you know, that kind of, I don't know, dummy or or whatever you'd call him in the background in one of the kind of six, you know, chambers behind him. Yeah. Um, Every time it came back to that, it's like you're like excited. You're like, ooh, another thing's going to happen. Right. And 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 it brings the story back to mind for you. So I love that opening story. Um, I also loved the mechanism of the book. You know, mm-hmm. he tells the, he tells the, so he talks about how with, uh, I guess you'd call it wayfinding or I don't know, with sailing, mm-hmm. um, you know, sailors would maintain a, a log of where they were every night mm-hmm. and most nights the log would be accurate, but then some nights the, the sky would be obscured with clouds or whatever. And so they'd have to just kind of guess where they were based on the pages before, you know, based on the records that had been kept up to that point. Mm -hmm. And he recreates that by booting someone from the show at like the, you know, 75% mark or or something around there. Yeah. And asking them to journal everything that happened in the, you know, during the show that they witnessed and then imagine what the rest of the show was like. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously recreating that, that sort of log and, the point to me, the point that he's making throughout is that the book, you know, the book therefore becomes kind of like we are. It's a record comprising many factual things and then, but a portion of just purely imagined things. Mm-hmm. But, but the, the, the reality is as far as like, what is this show to the extent that it's not just Derek Delgado standing there. It's also an audience sitting there and witnessing him and experiencing the things he's doing and imagining what's going to come. Mm-hmm. The book is actually in some ways a more complete picture of what the show actually is than we can even see in the movie, right? right? Because it represents people's experiences that were, that were real mm-hmm. or to the best, you know, based on their recollection and things that they imagined might happen. 
And so, I mean, I, I hope, you know, I don't, I would imagine, uh, assuming this whole thing weren't a total fabrication that that book is like an amazing, um, artifact at this point. Yeah. Right. Totally. For him that, that I, if I were him, I would imagine he keeps in like a, you know, glass case or something. That's right. just like, this isn't, this is, this is one of the most, um, complex and rich, like accounts of a thing that's happened ever. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Um, it's like so many imaginations, so many different perspectives of conceptually the same thing. Um, all, all compiled in one, in one tome. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, uh, the third thing I'll say, cause it was probably one of my favorite parts actually of the film is when he, when he brings up the, the old metaphor of the blind men, you know, feeling an elephant, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure we've talked about on this podcast yeah. recently. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, he acknowledges it's like a pretty famous and, and well-known, uh, you know, parable, but he brings it up and, and asks this question, you know, what would it be like to be the elephant in that situation? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love his kind of the, the possibility he poses at the end of what if, what if it actually wasn't an elephant? You know, the whole tale, the mm-hmm. whole point of the tale is like all along, it's just an elephant, right? Which is kind of a reductive outcome. But he's like, what if actually it was an animal whose legs are tree trunks, mm-hmm. right? Who's, uh, who's got a snake, you know, on one end mm-hmm. and, um, and is like a wall on one side, right? Like it's this magical animal yeah. and all, and everybody's impression was actually correct. But now because they're trying to sort of find like least common denominator, what is like the simplest explanation that accounts for all of our observations, it must be something more mundane. Mm-hmm. They come up with an elephant, right? Um, that possibility to me was great. Like the, this, this, this notion that we could be in some ways more the greater than the sum of everyone's perceptions of us rather than the simplest, most, uh, the, the, the simplest, like least, uh, interesting, yeah. you know, combination intersection of all these things yeah. that people think that we are. Um, which, you know, sort of taken to its natural conclusion can be distilled down to like one word, like, like what's something that everybody could agree on that mm-hmm. you are yeah. just your occupation, right. right. Um, versus you are actually something that people can't all agree on, right. Mm-hmm. You are a multifaceted, multidimensional thing. And that's to me what the book represents, right. Right. All of those elements of fantasy, those all actually make up who you really are. And they're incompatible with each other. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is Seemingly, great too. Like the, right. Yeah. Yeah. This book has many endings, which can't all be true because they're all completely different accounts of how the show ends. Yep. But the point, I think the point he's making is they're all true. What if they're all true? Right. Yeah. Everybody is seeing in you something different. They might seem like they, they can't all be true. Um, but maybe that's what we are. Yeah. So, I love that idea and I love the presentation. I also love, uh, you know, I think I was skeptical going in whenever I see a live show that's like directed by somebody. Yeah. I'm like, what the director do really, you know, (laughs) but I love, I love all of the stuff that was added to like the film presentation of this. One of them being the animation of the, of the The people feeling up the elephant and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the, and that the magical creature sort of turning into an elephant. 
I think one of the other things I like about this show that the book um, does a good job sort of symbolizing is somehow, you know, you get a group of people to sort of like leave their um, cynicism and uh, whatever sort of baggage prevents them from being like generous audience members. Like he manages mm-hmm. to break that down. I feel like by throughout the course of the show and the, the fact that every night the book leaves the auditorium, right. And goes home with someone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And comes back the next day. And right, like, right. It, and every single time it comes back. Right. Like, it's sort yeah. of this it's sort of this miracle that the book remains in the possession of the show right By no totally I, I, that was so touching to me actually like it was sort of one of those things where i didn't even understand in the moment that he said it but in the like minute that followed i really appreciated where he says this is the most terrifying part of the show to me every mm-hmm. night is when i ask if last night's person is here yeah because it's like He's taking this leap of faith every single performance to yeah. give this precious thing to someone to take away with them. Yeah. And and then, you know, and he's terrified to ask. And when they come back and they show up, he's like so relieved. Right. Yeah. That there it is. There's the book. But it's like it it feels to me like by that point in the show, like the audience kind of gets it and is like, it's important that I mm-hmm. bring this back. It would be a significant fail, like breach of trust for me oh, to totally. not bring this back. And like in the way that I am having a meaningful experience watching this show, it's important to me that I do my part in, ena- in enabling the next audience to have a meaningful yeah. experience. Right. Well, absolutely. But <laughs> it's what's funny is, I mean, how many performances? I think they said this was like 500 performances yeah, or something, of performances, right? Yeah. I mean, just statistically, even if everybody fully intends to bring it back, I'm like, what if somebody got into a car accident totally. or something? You know, <laughs> like you could give it to somebody who they're not, they don't want to derail your show, but, you know, they have a, they have a death in the family. Right. You know, they like have to leave. I just wonder, you know, if anything like that occurred, you would think maybe if you were in that situation, maybe you would like give it to a friend and yeah, be like, send Look, them back. You, yeah. you actually, this is, I know this sounds weird, but this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> you have to bring this back. Right. Um, even though I have to go like, you know, be with my family right now. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, probably, probably overanalyzing that but uh and and you know for all we know maybe that did happen once or twice and they had to like track yeah it down, it's right it's a movie at the end of the day you would gloss over that in the movie um but yeah i i agree that's that's an amazing part i mean there's so many pretty much every kind of really what this what this show is is a bunch of i think it it does tell a coherent you know it, it's a coherent whole but it's very episodic yeah right it's one kind of segment after another and every single one of them i thought was very strong. Yep. Um, any others you want to, I mean, we could just like list them all. Right. But like, are there, is is there, is there one or two more that you particularly want to highlight or, uh, if not, we can get on to the next part where we would maybe pick some of our least favorite, but it sounds like you were about to say one. Well, I mean, 
there I have a little one and then like the most super obvious one. So okay. like the little one is just he tells a story about uh, and I, I just find it fascinating to hear people who do hear about people who do this. But he talks about learning his craft about being mm-hmm. about being sort of excellent at at card uh, maneuvering and sleight of hand. And yeah. he seeks out somebody who um, is sort of a like, I guess, a, a legend who's difficult master, to track yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And he starts showing the master you know, his stuff, right? Like whatever card moves he's got. And he was, he describes how he's like looking down at his hands and saying like, wow, I'm really like doing a good job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he looks up and the guy's got like a gun pointed at him. Right. And I just, and he's like, you know, and I can't, and I honestly do not remember like the punchline, right? It's something like, you know, don't look at your hands when you're stealing people's money or something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but it just felt like that's the difference between like thinking that you know what you're doing and mm-hmm. like actually doing it, right? Like, right. Um, because it, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, if you're in the high stakes world of basically, uh, you know, sharking people out of their money, right? Like, you'd better be pretty darn believable as just like a lucky guy right yeah so if you're like staring at your hands they're gonna know something's up so i just found that to be like um pretty pretty sort of uh orthogonal to like the main themes of the film but just as like it was just a delightful little bit of trade craft that i loved learning about um yeah yeah i loved i loved uh, just to interrupt you real quick before you get to the last one i i loved that whole part I mean, I, I like that little aspect of it, of the story of him seeking out the guy. Yeah. But that whole part was really um, unique to me. I feel like I'd never seen anything like that because it was, you know, normally a magician who's really good with card tricks mm-hmm. um, just does stuff that's really impressive and then you don't really understand how they did it. You know, like they'll make a card seemingly go from the top of the deck to the bottom or like... You know, they'll just produce a card in an improbable way where you're like, how could they possibly have found that card? Yeah. Whereas I feel like what he's doing in this is simultaneously very impressive, but at the same time, totally demystifying it. Yeah. At once where he's like showing you, he's showing you skills that I frankly didn't even know a person could develop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like, what you got to understand is, with enough practice, <laughs> you can put this card anywhere in this deck and I can just effortlessly make it look like I'm taking it from the top and I'm just, I just know exactly like the mm-hmm. 17th, you know, it's the 17th card. I can tell just by looking at it, I can take it out mm-hmm. effortlessly. And he's just showing you and you're like, oh, so that's how a lot of these tricks work is yeah. you just like, you know exactly where the car is and you can produce it. Like, the, it's like the reason these tricks are so impressive or, or seem like magic to a lot of people is you think there's no way a human can do that. Right. 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 And he's just showing you like, no, I can, a, a human can just do it. It's like, it's like, it's not magic. It's just really, 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 really impressive. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like hard um, to fathom that there's not a more, uh, complicated trick. You know what I mean? The yeah. trick is like, he's like, no, I just understand how a deck of cards works. Like, yeah, like, like I'm basically a robot, right. right? Like, like if you saw a robot doing it, you'd think, oh, well, a robot has like 
perfect precision and like right. has a computer that can like track all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. There's like a shot in the film where he's um, dealing or something and he's telling you, he's like, I am going to deal from the bottom of the deck. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at his hands and it and looks you like you cannot he's dealing see from him the doing it. You yeah, cannot yeah. like, and it's just sort of like you, he, he's like, I'm telling you how I'm doing it. Right. Which is at, frankly, um, one of the things that leads me to, uh, the other best part of the movie, the end, but it's like, mm-hmm. he tells you at this point in the film was like, this is how I'm going to do it. Like, this is, I'm going to, I know where every single card in this deck is. Right. Mm-hmm. I can pull any single one of them at any point in time and I can make it look however I want. Right. Mm-hmm. That is what I can do. Right. And so like for him to give up the ghost on that, which makes, of course, now it's time for our obligatory mention of the prestige. Right. It's like <laughs> the world is solid through and through. Right. Yeah. Like there's nothing about this that's um, a trick. It actually works exactly the way that the, it most logically should, which is that I just know exactly how to pull a card from anywhere in this mm-hmm. deck, right? Mm-hmm. And I have them all memorized. And so, yeah. like, um, you think that, you know, you think it's impossible. It's not because I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that, so, so just to get into the mechanics, is that, is that your interpretation of the final trick where you, you're referring to where he tells everybody what their yes. card is, yes. right? And your your assumption is he, whatever, like when they came in, they gave him to him and he memorized every single one. Yeah, is that basically so how you interpreted what you can, it? What you see at the very beginning of the film is the audience members give one of the stagehands their card. And the mm-hmm. stagehand like very precisely puts them onto his table. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I don't I don't recall having seen, but it probably happens is like the stagehand is putting them in the deck in a precise order based on their seat number. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he like at some point in the show. Yeah. Manages to go through that deck of cards. And I mean, I, I, I guess he goes through it at various points seemingly very sort of informally haphazardly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right but somehow throughout the course of the show he memorizes that deck and yeah. knows exactly who's in every seat like the, yeah. the persona or identity stated by the person in every seat and so it's like the fact that during the course of the film he's telling you like this is what i know how to do like this mm-hmm. is my superpower right and then yeah. Like the fact that he uses it at the end and it's still a surprise and it's still like mind blowingly good is like just a wonderful trick, right? Just a wonderful feeling. It's like I knew this was coming and I still (laughs) am like blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, 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 it wasn't as obvious to me that that's how he did it, although that would would have been my best guess. But I think you're right. I think, and I think the pe- the fact that you're tying it back to the card, you know, tricks that he does sort of at the midway point, yeah, feels right to me. Like I think you're dead on. I think I think he's pretty much at that point revealing this is what I'm capable of doing after years of practice. Mm-hmm. 
And and there's more applications of this ability than just cards. Yeah. Right. Um, although ironically, I mean, I, I guess in a way they are actually still cards, but not playing cards. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, it's, 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 it's really representative of the show as a whole, which is the magic, the sort of, the sort of on the ground magic is only a piece of it, you know, and this final act, the final trick is it's sort of, it's sort of a trick, Mm -hmm. right? It sort of feels a little bit like magic, but at the same time, you kind of, to your point, you either know or you have a strong reason to suspect, like, I kind of know how he did it. Right. But it's still really impressive. And it's not even so much about it being an illusion. At at, at that point in the show, right. he's he's done so much to explore, you know, identity and people to think about who they are, mm-hmm. right, and to know who he is yeah. and to sort of feel like they formed a connection with him that it's like, I don't know if this is even a magic trick that you have all these memorized. It's almost like the important thing is that you're looking at every single person yeah. and addressing them and, and acknowledging what, how they view themselves. Yeah. Right. That's the trick. <laughs> right. Um, the trick is how much you've gotten into people's, you know, into their heads and into their souls at this point. Right. 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 I think, yes, that's right. The memorization like act is very impressive for sure, but it's not the reason that that sequence works. Right, right. right. Like, because, you know, he could have asked people to, there's any number of ways that he could have manifested that trick at the end. And it would just be like, okay, wow, like your brain really can Mm -hmm. hold lots of things, right? Yeah. Um, But the fact that by looking at someone and simply saying to them what they say about themselves, Mm -hmm. and that can be like an emotionally shattering moment for them. Right. Right. Like there are like people half of the people are crying, crying just <laughs> yeah. to be just because he is seeing them and saying to them, like, I'm going to talk. I want to speak to you about yourself the way that you want to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like this, you know, uh, profound act of like being seen. Right. Yeah. That I, it, I, it almost makes me think like. Did did this whole thing stem from the idea of like a magician going, I want to come up with a magic trick that's going to make people cry. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get there? You know, like it almost yeah. feels like that's that that was, you know, like we're saying like that, that was the trick. The trick was like, I'm going to make everybody in this audience cry. Right. <laughs> well, it's know? like it, it uh, and the amazing it, it's it's one of those things where like. Unlike most magic tricks. Well, I don't know if this is actually true. Actually come to think of it. It's, it's in this grand tradition of lots of magic tricks. Now that I think about it, because like lots of magic tricks are going to be like, um, I'm going to saw a woman in half and put her back together. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to, uh, you know, like be in a situation where I'm in danger and I'm going to escape. Right. I'm going to disappear and reappear. I'm going to, you know, and it's like, and so this is him. Like we all like being told what's going to happen and then seeing it Mm -hmm. happen. And so like, as soon as he tells everybody to stand up and like start and starts with like the first person, like the 50th person in the crowd knows what's going to happen. 
right? He's yeah. like, oh my gosh, he's going to get to me and he's going to say the thing that I said. And I know what I yeah. said, right? It's right. not going to be surprising, right. right? But it's like having that expectation fulfilled, right? And just to like in what I believe, what the way he comes off is like extremely uh, like gentle, earnest, earnest yeah. caring, right? It just sort of like, it just goes to show people want and need like just an earnest, caring relationship in their lives. Yeah. You know, to be, well, to be loved, but, but I think it's not such a big jump from like to be for someone to care about you. Right. Yeah. Or even just to like acknowledge who you are or who you want to, to be. know you. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it was, I think it was the movie lady bird that kind of asks the question, like to really know something versus to love it. Like, mm-hmm. are those just the same thing? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. Well, we both clearly have a lot of really, uh, effusive things to say about this movie, but, mm-hmm. uh, our next segment is typically fix the movie. So are there any nitpicks even or, or low points for you of maybe some segments that didn't work as well as the others or anything like that, that you would criticize? Well, there, there's something in the way the movie gets talked about and he does it a little bit in the movie. And I think, um, he might be bucking against something that I'm not. And the, that thing is he he sort of goes through a lot of effort to talk about like this looks like a one man show or it looks like a magic show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's difficult to see past what this looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like both in the show and then in the extracurricular sort of marketing around the show, there's a lot of emphasis on like it's indefinable. Right. Mm -hmm. And you think you might overplay that a little bit? Well, I almost feel like in some ways it. It undermines like the appeal of the thing. Right. Like as an example, if you ask a musician, right, like what do you what's your music sound like? Right. And they're like, Mm -hmm. it's impossible to describe. Like Mm -hmm. there's no words that can be used it's like no come on like it sounds like something right Mm -hmm. like it's not silence right like it's it's right you know and it's like do you use instruments right like do you 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 know like you can describe it in some way and i know that it's and i'm like you have to have enough confidence in your in your the person you're talking to that they're not going to be so reductive to say like oh okay so it's like uh you know so it's emo, right? Right, like, mm-hmm. well, no, like it's more. I would like to not be reduced to a label, right? Right. And I get that the movie is sort of fundamentally about that, but it's one of those things where it's like, just say, like, this is a little bit of a magic show, and it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a one man play, and it's a little bit of some other stuff, right? Like, so, but wait, but just help me understand. Are you? Are you criticizing the marketing of the movie or how the movie talks about itself during the movie? I think it's like how I think how the movie talks about itself during the movie is like 
this origin point that then like branches out into the other things. But I, I think I even mean it in the context of the film. It's like, mm-hmm. you don't need to, I, I feel like he's so resistant to being labeled in any way. But yeah. I think in some ways the power of the movie is like all the labels are a little bit true, right? Mm-hmm. Like just they're useful. Like the labels are partially useful. They are not, um, the the entirety of the story but they allow they give you some understanding and it's only with like the accumulation of all the things that you can truly Mm -hmm. understand something and i feel like he begins by saying like don't apply any labels to this thing right and it's like it's just this weird it's this weird distraction to me this aggressive Mm -hmm. like shunning of labels and it's like it's like "Eh." I feel like this is not necessary. I feel like everybody will will get what's going on here, right? Even, yeah. Like even without that, that is the minorest of nitpicks, right? Like <laughs> okay. Like I, it's it's just something that's like distracting to me. Um, okay. But not yeah. but not a huge problem. No, that's fair enough. I mean, it's distracting for you. I think it worked for me. But it, it, I guess it, it comes down to how we interpreted what he was trying to say in those moments. To me, I didn't, I didn't get as much of a sense that the movie was like rejecting labels. I think, um, from my standpoint, the way it landed for me when he would say it's difficult to see past what this looks like is not, is not like this isn't. A magic show but more this isn't just a magic show sure right which yeah. to me is very much consistent with the overall message of the whole thing where he was just to me it's all kind of reinforcing it like um like the point that you're going to be tempted to think of this as x or y like mm-hmm. try to categorize it but please please understand that it's more than that right mm-hmm. um so I get your point, like if it if it felt a little heavy handed or if it felt like in, in some ways it actually undermined it because it was being a little too anti um, description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but to me, yeah, I guess I guess the basic point I'm making is I didn't think of it as anti description. I thought of it as anti reduction. Yeah. So um, there's a very subtle difference. right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. description is kind of inherently reductive. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, I, I I I do I do think in terms of the marketing, um, not that we would normally criticize like even bring that into the discussion when we're talking about a movie itself, but I, I, I sort of am more sympathetic to the point you're making when it comes to the marketing. Like for the marketing to act like it's unlike anything you've ever seen. It's indescribable, right? right? It's like, no, it's describable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um there's a whole book <laughs> that describes it. Um, yeah, I don't really have any nitpicks myself. Actually, I, I have one, but I think I'm going to actually not even talk about it on this in, in this recording. Yeah. You and I can chat about it after we're done. Oh. Uh, that's, that's how not really relevant it is to this discussion. Um, but basically, there's no... Like, to me, it's kind of it's kind of perfect. Like I I think he had a vision of what he wanted to do 
And I think he did an amazing job at it. And I think Frank Oz does a really amazing job capturing it and presenting it. Um, I think just the way the movie is edited and the, you know, the, the sort of creative contributions that he as a filmmaker brings to it, I think are also all great. Yeah. So, um, I don't really have anything I would do to fix the movie. I think it's no in no need of fixing. Yeah. Uh, so I think that brings us to the end now. So we've talked about best parts. We talked about the little bit of, you know, tiny bit of criticism you had to share. Uh, are we going to beam this movie up? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you got, I think you need to, right? Like there's not going to be, I mean, put it this way. I don't recall ever having seen something like it. I don't recall. I don't expect to see anything like it this year. I had like a very, I had a great time at the movies, both like from a sheer, (laughs) just like enjoying myself minute to minute, but also like as a gift that keeps on giving. Right. Yeah. It's got extremely impressive, uh, special effects, except they're real. Right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's got everything. It's just, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's well-written. Um, it's emotional. Like, I don't, it's just, just great, great stuff. That's my, that's my vote anyway. I'm with you. Derek Del Gaudio's in and of itself. Let's beam it up. Zip it up. So we beamed it up. Yes. Yes, we did. And that's that. Enjoy. Hope you enjoy that one astronaut out in space. And for everybody else, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Space Flicks. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.